the skin. Mark Bickley. And Bickley kicks another goal for the Crows. Centering kick by Mark Bickley. Bickley. And the kick by Bickley back to the square. No problem. 50 metres for a goal. And Bickley may have kicked a goal. Zippity-doo-da. Zippity-yay. Finals time, Bix. <laughs> I can just see you just, I don't know. Glistening. What's the word? Yeah, that's the word. Just Initially. sitting up straighter in my chair, Rowie, is what I am. I'm looking forward to tonight. It's going to be yeah. an absolute cracking game. Uh, two really high-quality teams. They cannot wait. How do you see it unfolding? Yeah. Oh, we'll get into that. I want to start here because I've got you. I want your opinion yes. on Taylor Walker's presser. And I think he took another step to redemption with that, and he's going to the BNF. How do you see it all? Yeah, look, I, I think it was, um, it was good just for people to hear Taylor again. I think they saw the pre-recorded uh, apology. I just think it was good for him to stand in front of the assembled media and take questions and have to answer whatever came his way, and I thought he, he did it quite well. And once again, I, I don't think that there's any words that he can say that are going to make anyone feel better initially, and, and I think everyone understands that he's genuinely remorseful. But now it's really... Mm-hmm. It's the tailor it's in front of him and it's around actions and, and how he handles himself for the next night, which is tomorrow night, and then it's the next week and then it's the next month and then it's the next year. And it's just got to be a, a sustained effort of uh, him showing that what he did was, was not a, a true reflection of where he is and, and where he wants to be. Hmm. Should give the members um, a little bit level of comfort. We had a lot of texts throughout the week that, on the um, Automasters text line that, you know, Tex has to go to the BNF. If he doesn't get to the BNF, if the club don't let him go to the BNF, we're tearing up our membership. Well, like I said, it is a road to redemption. It's it's a tough one. Make no mistake, this is no fault of the Crows as an organisation. Mm. I mean, they're guilty by association because Tex is such a critical part of the team and that football club. Um, so it's not on them at all. But they need... They need... This is the members. They need a bit of love back from a chairman or a CEO or a coach, maybe to address the media or to speak about it and to give them a level of support. It's just been so divisive. Mm. Um, it's split members' opinions, and I just think it would have been good this week if they had had that. That's all I reckon. Well, yeah, but I think you just said it right there. It, it split members' opinions. So let's say it's 50-50, 50-50. 50% of people say, we've got to throw our arms around text. We've got to show him more love. And the other 50% of the people saying, well, I'm just not sure. I, I just, I'm still coming to terms with how much hurt that has created. So the minute the club picks a side, they alienate half of their, half of their membership. So I think right now it, it's still very emotive. And I think people just, I think members, can form their own opinions, and I think they're doing that. And I think, what, like I said, Taylor's had an opportunity to, to give his um, uh, to present himself to the media, which he's done. And you know, I think over the next six months, it's a chance for everyone just to take a deep breath. It's time for Taylor to. He talked about building and mending relationships. He can do that away mm-hmm. from the public eye um, in the off season, and and once again show that he's really serious about this. And and it. This isn't something that I think needs to be played out in the spotlight. Yeah, well, sadly it will be because it's such a big story, isn't it? And as I said, it's so divisive. I was worried that if he didn't go to the BNF, it looked to me that the club was, and you do this in the corporate world, you're managing a person out of the position where it gets to a point where Taylor walks in one day and says, the best thing for the club, the best thing for me is that I resign, I retire. 
I move on. Now, that happens in the corporate world, but I think this is a step, again, for those members that were concerned and a level of comfort. It gave me a level of comfort. He's going to the BNF. We can wrap our arms around him. He's in the fold, and we can move on from here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's an interesting choice um, because you have been there and I've been there, and, and it's made up of – I'm not sure about what the restrictions are this year, but – Anywhere between 800 and 1,000 people generally go to those really big functions. So maybe it's a bit smaller this year. But as a player... 700 it is. 700. So, yep. so yep. what can Taylor expect at the best and fairest? He can expect a whole range of people, many that he might not know, to be coming up to be talking to him about it. I just wonder whether... Is that is that the best thing right now? Um well, only he knows that, really. And, and will people, he can handle yeah, it. and will people sit back and observe and watch? Oh, who went and spoke to Taylor? Who didn't? Uh, who approached him and who didn't? How of the indigenous? Like, there's just so many things that people will try mm. and draw a conclusion from. So, I, I just, I, is that a good or a bad thing? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not the oracle of everything, but I just, I don't know. I guess that what can be gained out of it is Taylor can once again move back into the fold and feel like he is back inside the club, which is good. But uh, I just hope people don't draw too many conclusions to anything that 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 happens on the night. If one person walks up and and has a crack at him. I just hope we don't expect to read about that in the paper the next mm. day, you know, all that sort yeah. of stuff that inevitably or sometimes happens at these type of functions. You'll be there giving away the Mark Bickley Award? Oh, I can't. I'm uh, the the oh, best no. and fairest um, uh, with the end of the season was put together. There's only a, a two weeks' notice, and unfortunately I'm, I'm actually doing some work, not work, but I'm speaking at a function for the AFL in the Northern Territory, which was booked uh, a month or so ago. So I, I've, I'm pre-booked, and I'm, no. I'm not actually in the state to be able to do that, unfortunately. Oh, no. Well, you were going to report back to us on Monday. <laughs> so I'm who's going to present sure. the Mark Bickley Award? Oh, someone. Um, who's yeah. your proxy? Oh, I'm not sure. Tyson. <laughs> no, Xavier. <laughs> no, yeah, someone, send, send someone, someone will be able to do that. I'm sure, but okay. anyway, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll survive. Port tonight, my margins sixteen. Well, it was six with Pilko, but it's mm. now sixteen. I've given my reasons as to why I think Port will be too strong for Geelong. What about you? Mm, look, I, I think this is line ball. Um, I tipped Geelong, and I did my tips earlier in the week. I really didn't probably give enough. Um, sort of thought about the home ground advantage. Port Adelaide, the only team with the home ground advantage this weekend and with 20,000 people there, you just got to feel like that makes some type of advantage. I really didn't consider that too much. All I did, I was a bit the opposite to you. I heard you speak before about the small forwards. I've gone the other way. I feel like when there's greater pressure on in finals, you end up sort of banging it long and you're, you're relying on some of your, your big tall forwards to be able to take a mark or stand up and... And kick a bag of goals. And, and you look at the three big forwards or the three most likely to score forwards for, for Geelong are Hawkins, uh, Jeremy Cameron and, and Gary Rowan. And I compare that to Dixon, Marshall and Laddams. And, and I just think those three Geelong forwards are better. And, and when you combine that with the last time they played and the way they were able to manipulate Alir Alir and get him away from the areas of the ground where he's been most dangerous, I think that's going to... The, the way that Port Adelaide handle that and Ken Hinckley handles that with Alir Alir and which player he plays them on. And when I look at it, I wouldn't play Alir Alir on Hawkins, Cameron or Rowan. I think he just has to be 
the spare, and you're just going to have to ask someone like a Burton to play on Rowan, perhaps Mackenzie to play on Hawkins, and maybe Jonas on Cameron. But that way, you don't allow a Lear Lear to be be taken away from the areas that he wants to be, where he does so much good work. Mm. I think history tells us through finals, it's the team that can defend well as a team, and in his back six, that generally win these tight games. I think Stewart out for Geelong is the absolute Mm. tipping point for me. Um, and I can't see any defender, any team defence structure or system that's going to stop Rosie, Fantasia, Butters, Gray and Motlop. They can get up and down the ground, in and out of the midfield, can hit the scoreboard. It's the first time they've played together since round four. And I remember that game it was against Richmond. They were so dynamic. I think it was 14 or 11 goals scored. They kicked seven, but they're a part of every other goal that was scored. Mm. I'm calling them the Jackson Five. I'm calling them, can you feel it? I can't see. And they are building. That collective group is building. Mm. It is the most dynamic five of any AFL team, and I think that's their point of difference. Mm. I, I just worry, though, if you're relying on five small guys... To, I think you're going no, to have no, to. Keep, you're relying on Alia, Alia, and the ruck and the midfoot and Ollie and all no, no, of those no, no, sort of things. But if you gonna, want a point of difference, there's my point of difference. I think they're going to have to kick 13 goals. I reckon it's going to be conditions look great here. It's going to be a beautiful night for footy. If you're saying your your weapon is your five small forwards, but let's say that two of them kick two and the other all the other three kick a goal each. There's seven. Um, I just feel like you, you probably you need. What's the likelihood of Charlie kicking three or four? How many can you pencil in Marshall for? I just don't think you're super confident on those big guys. And that was proven last week in perfect conditions under the roof. They couldn't quite get it done with the big guys. They relied on Boat, Wines and Robbie Gray. I just don't know you can rely on that type of improvisation to get you over the line. I just think you, you need a bit more structure to how you're going to get your goals. Now, could be wrong. I just feel like Hawkins, Cameron and Rowan, that's... Nine out of ten games when Geelong win, that, that's the way they play through and that's the way that it gets it done. So that's their method is really re- revolving around those three. I think Port Adelaide's method doesn't revolve around the five smalls. Mm, Geelong's triple threat. You said it, Hawkins, his 300th game. Cameron, I still think he's the best uh, key forward in the comp. And Rowan can pop up. But again, I look at Alir Alir, McKenzie, Jonas, the pressure that midfield can put on. It's going to be a cracking mm, game. Is. There's no question about that. So what was your tip in the end? We've got to put you in the 50 uh, look, I'm going to say single figures under a goal either way. And because I, I went with Geelong earlier in the week, I'll stick with that. So I'll say one point, Geelong. Okay, and when we come back after the break, B. Smith. I can tell you Geelong are getting on the buses now. They've just left the Ibis Hotel, Grenfell Street, just behind us here in 5AA, so making their way to the Adelaide Oval.